Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. Before our radio audience here in Mississippi, WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com. We're glad that you all could be with us. Also, it's tuning in through online affiliates around the world. We appreciate you all being with us as well. But for those who've ever wondered if they are just defined by what they do instead of who they truly are, I think you guys will really enjoy our next guest. We're excited to welcome Forrest Clay Rooks to our program today. Forrest has written a new book called Valuable, a look into the black athlete. And even though it looks at the athletes, it definitely is a book I think that does have wide-ranging appeal for all of us when it comes to who we are and not just what we do, but also how we can be able to inspire and empower others as well. If you guys are just now finding out about Forrest's book, we'll let you know how to get your own copy of it. But Forrest, thank you so much for the time, man. Glad to have you on. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be on your platform and allowing me to discuss this book and you know what it can um, bring to others who read it outside of just sports and athletics, like you said before. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things I mentioned in my review uh, on Amazon, uh, Forrest, is that I think this book is one of those things that even though I can, I can definitely see the relation to how we do see either not just even athletes, just celebrities, you know, people in the public eye, uh, and what can be expected of them, but also just kind of keeping in mind who they truly are. What has that conversation been like for you, Forrest, to be able to have with people, and particularly when it comes to athletes? Well, for me, it comes from many years of being in a space or in a room where you are only the one of, you know, so many um, African Americans um, in the room. And so in, in the sports industry, whether it's being a leader in the military, uh, things of that nature, I've always found myself being one of. And so what I want to take and want to explore with the book was just showing the value that we bring to whatever industry that we're in. And I particularly chose um, athletics because that's the current industry that I'm working in right now. So it just, for me to see these athletes going through life and things of that nature and understanding who we are and what value we bring, not just to the organization, but to ourselves. And one thing I thought was interesting that you did in the book for us was to show the correlation, um, the correlation between sports as well as politics, and you wouldn't necessarily think the two would go together. But you use the example of Jesse Owens. Talk about that. What was it like for you to kind of look at what he did in 1936 and the impact it had even outside of sports? Well, I think um, I said it in a post that I um, posted on my social media where I talk about how sports – is a microcosm of society. And so when you look at that, um, what Jesse Owens was able to do just in a, in a small, silent tribute um, by going out there and performing his race, showing that, you know, we are here and we're representative, representative of being black and that we're here and we're in this space and nothing that anybody can do can keep us down despite whatever circumstances you put, put in front of us. We always rise. And so for me, I took that and said, you know, looking at the, the current climate that we're in politically, um, we're, we're so much in, the, in uh, the shut up and dribble age where they just want to see us as entertainment. Um, I really wanted to showcase that, you know, with anything that we do, whether it's a small tribute of, you know, raising our fists at the podium, taking a knee, 
whatever it is, these are things, this is how we speak out. And if it's running a race, you know, and showing someone who believes that uh, white supremacy through, um, you know, Nazi Germany was the right way to go, we show them that, you know, we're superior in our own right as well. And so we're not going to stand by and let someone dictate who we are, who we can be, just based off the color of our skin. Yeah, and you bring up another interesting point in the book, uh, Forrest, and that is that we're, we're not to think that, that race was something that played a part just in sports. I mean, even before sports, of course, race has been this thing. And I think, you know, it is very easy. And I think even, I think it's become in many ways stereotypical for us. I thought about it, too, when I was prepping for this segment. If you see a tall kid, black or white, one of the first questions you ask is, do you play basketball, right? If you see a you see, uh, you know, a, a guy who has a big build, black or white. A lot of times you ask him, "Hey, do you play football?" Because we just automatically make these assumptions. What, talk to us about that and what that's been like for you to have people basically just be defined by what may be a part of their lives instead of who they are in their in their whole. Well, that kind of goes back to the last chapter when I talk about mental health, and that's because when you when you raise that question, yes. Oftentimes, when someone sees someone of a tall statue or a big build, the first thing they ask them, you know, what what position do you play or what sport do you play? And what what is reminiscent about that is the first question I always ask any athlete is, who are you? Because I want to know who you are outside of the sport. And so when you automatically assume that based off of someone's stature that they're an athlete or they play a particular sport, I kind of said that's no different as saying that someone can't do something just based off of the color of their skin. So don't assume something about someone that you don't even know. Um, and you don't know that that person may have tried out for a team and didn't successfully make it, and you might have struck, you might have triggered something. So I don't right. leave with that conversation. Um, but I do ask who you are because I think we all have some type of value that we bring to society. Um, and not just depicting on what we can be just based off of our size and our stature. Um, what I often go to schools and talk about is the jobs inside of athletics that you can be. You could be the six foot seven general manager, or you could be the six foot seven, um, you know, um, athletic agent. Though there's so many other jobs and things that you can do inside of athletics that we or sport that we don't have to automatically assume that a person or a young, a young individual plays the game. Right. And, and I think, it, let's go back a little bit, uh, Forrest, because I think there, this goes to another point, too, that we have to be careful of, right? When it come, Because you do address part of this book to the, not only are you taking a look at the black athlete, you're actually addressing uh, those who may be athletes in particular. And that is, a lot of times, and I've heard people say this, and I thought about it when I was reading your book, that a lot of times people think because they play something well, that is that becomes what defines them because they see that as their out, right? If someone who plays basketball well, they see that as their out, so they think that's what matters the most. Someone who plays football well, they think that is their out, and they think that's all that matters. What has that been like for you, as you mentioned in your work, to show them that there is so much more than that, and they can be more than what they might be good at? That comes down to a societal issue and, you know, oftentimes where people are placed at um, and where they grow up and what's being taught to them. Um, from an early age, you know, young men, when they, when they father a child, you know, they're putting a the ball in their kid's hand. Um, mothers are putting pom-poms um, in their daughter's hands and automatically – 
you know, we're pushing something towards them that they may not be ready for or they may not want. And then growing up throughout, they see that often as the out of a condition. And I think that comes from an educational standpoint, something that we have to, you know, let our young men and women know that, you know, athletics is not the only way out of the circumstance of where you are. In fact, you know, um, the athletics is a tool that can be used to get you out of your circumstance, but not necessarily the only tool that you use. You know, so um, even with my son, I often tell him, that, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you run track. You know, I come from an athletic um, household. All my kids play sport, you know, but that's just something for me is to teach them things on how, to, you know, basic concepts of how to work with each other, someone outside of your home, um, how to communicate, how to work toward the common goal. Those are the things that I want my kids to get out of athletics. I don't want them to feel that, you know, this is an out to them to get to the next level. Um, but it is definitely a tool that can be used, and I can tell my son, use athletics to further help you with your academics. You know, go get your academic and an athletic scholarship. Have more money coming in. Um, but we look at, as a, like, again, as a former educator, I've been in the classroom, and the first question you ask young kids is, what do you want to be when you grow up? And oftentimes, especially with our, you know, within our um, black community, our young men are saying, I want to be the next LeBron James. I, I want to play football. I want to play, um, you know, basketball. Not so many saying baseball in a sense, but basketball and football, because they see those as the two main areas, you know, as out in our community. Because when you look at the league, those are the most heavily dominated, you know, by population with African-American men. And vice versa when it comes to the WNBA and other sports. And, again, that's why this conversation, I think, is definitely so important for us. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, it's on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking with Forrest Clay Suggs today. We're talking about his new book, Valuable, a look into the black athlete. We're going to remind you how you can get your own copy of it as well as stay connected uh, with Forrest. Forrest, I want to talk about another thing that comes up, though, in this conversation, and that is when people think about the impact they can have, a lot of times they think they have to, quote, unquote, make it before they can have an impact on their area. You say something really interesting in the book in Chapter 5. I actually want to read this. For those who have the print edition, it's found on page 65, and it's under the subheading A Different Way of Thinking. You write, you should change the way you think. Athletes of all levels in sports should change the way they think about giving back to the very neighborhoods that made them. For example, I would like to meet LeBron James, the uh, I Promise School partner with Jalen Rose in his school, the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy. With a partnership in place, they could create another school with other athletes and sponsor businesses in impoverished communities together. This is what group economics powered by black athletes should look like. But then, for us, you say this, yet you aren't LeBron James or Jalen Rose, are you? You don't earn millions, but even if you were just a high school basketball player, you can still give back. Tutor younger students in math. Read to kids at your local library and help contribute to literacy in your hood. Chances are, if you're putting points on the scoreboard, you're already making a name for yourself. You're already gaining some popularity, and you already have a platform. I want to talk about that in the broader sense, uh, Forrest, because there are a lot of people, I know we've been speaking about athletes because that's kind of the, the focus of the book in many ways, but I think this conversation does go broader, right? There may be people who want to be you know, a big business owner, 
they want to be, you know, very big in whatever their field may be, and they may feel as though they have to get to a certain level before they can make a difference. What has that been like for you to get people to do exactly what you say in that subheading, to, to change the way they think about themselves and what they're able to achieve? I think that, you know, people often look at what's being portrayed through society and social media, that you have to have a certain status or you have to be at a certain level to have some type of impact. And for me, I think it starts with just who you are as an individual, the little things that you do, whether you're volunteering at your local soup kitchen or you're going, like I said in the book, um, as a young student, you're going to give back to the middle school by, you know, being a part of a reading program. All of those things count for something, and they add up and they build, and it's that each one teach one mentality and model um, that if I help one, someone is going to go out and do something else, and we're going to continue to better ourselves and our society uh, by contributing. And so you don't have to feel like, you know, you have to be at a certain level to contribute positively to your neighborhood. I think we, we need to look at how we can impact each other by coming together. If you have something, you have a business, and I have this service, I should be able to come to you and offer my service to you to help facilitate your business to make it better. Now, we can get into the schematics of how much that's going to cost and things of that nature. Sometimes it doesn't cost to have a helping hand around, but that's how you build community. And so it just takes individuals doing the small things. Build a ladder. And as you build the ladder, step by step, you're going to continue to grow. And we'll grow and we'll go upward together. But if we're all trying to do our own thing, we're not going anywhere. We have to work collectively together as a community, as a society, as a nation. That's how we become better. What helped you, Forrest, to get this mindset? I mean, was it someone or was it just going through a series of events? How did you get to this place where you were able to evaluate and reevaluate yourself and what you could offer? I see it I see it daily. Um here in Louisville, Kentucky, you know, just doing um local things, working at a non profit, um, helping them, um, doing giving back, you know, what I've been given. Um, I've been blessed in so many ways. And my, my first name is Forrest, but I've done a lot in my 42 years here on this earth, from the military to athletics um, to, you know, having a foot into, you know, uh, going abroad and seeing how different um, cultures interact, seeing how different uh, nations interact. And I just feel like for me, um, coming back here, my whole thing was, you know, give back give back what I've been given because I've been given so much um, with this life of mine. Um, and I think for me also it's just to carry on, you know, some things and lessons that my father has taught me um, and just, you know, when you help your fellow man, things will come back to you. And don't expect them, but things will come back to you. And so I want to leave this earth knowing that I've left something for my kids to build off of and so they, they can continue and my grandkids can continue, and we can all continue to make this place a better place. But we can only get there if we do our small little part. And I think for me, just traveling the world, seeing different things, you know, kind of brought me to that mindset. And you have to become, you know, you have to understand who you are, what your limitations and capabilities are, um, how do you work within those, and, you know, 
and go about it that way. That's such a great great point. How important has has teamwork been? And and maybe even bigger than teamwork for us, how big has, has your circle been in this? Because I think at one of the things I took away from the book as well is that part of this mindset shift has to happen because of what you you're taking in, who you're speaking to, what you're watching. Um how important has that been for you and your own growth and success? Well, you have to watch the trends. Um, you have to surround yourself with smart, smarter people than you are. Uh, I tell my kids, if you're the smartest per- person in your circle, you need to um, get a new circle um, because you, you're stunning your growth. You're not going to grow if you're the smartest person always in the room. And so surround yourself with people who are doing different things, who can give you different perspectives, who can give you different um, outlooks on things, um, definitely paying attention to what's going on in the news. Um, but just being one within the community and going out there, I go to the local games. Um, I go to, you know, all the events that I'm being invited to. I go. I don't say anything. I typically just watch, and I look at how people are taking in the information and how they're going back and putting forth into their community, um, watching the news. But the biggest part, um, i tell you, Mr. Webb, is just getting out there and seeing what the local organizations are doing. And then seeing, you know, what impact, you know, how you can actually help. And then take that back, take that information back and look at yourself and what you do and then see how, you know, you can assist. But that's how that's how I look at things. And, and that's how I've stayed grounded and focused in what I'm doing um, and the trends that are going around, social media, definitely kids. Um, but being in the industry um, definitely helps. What is your hope then for us as people are, are picking up the book? I know one of the things you've been doing, I know it's when I was prepping for this segment, sharing pictures of, of family members, friends, all showing love for the book. When people pick up the book and read it, what do you hope it does for them, regardless of if you know there's someone who is an athlete or, or has an athlete in their family? What do you hope the book does for them and meeting them where they are? Well, <clears throat> I just hope that, you know, just like the title, Valuable, I hope that they see the value in themselves. And, and that's it. You you have to you have to see the value in yourself, um, especially as a, a black man, a black woman. Um, just we have to see value in ourselves and who we are. And I know your audience, you know, spans outside of just African Americans and, and black people. Um, and the book can really touch everybody who reads it, whether yeah. you're black, white, Hispanic. Um, you can take something from from it. I specifically said I'm looking to the black athlete because of what I've been seeing over the course of my years and things that I want to help build within my community and give them an opportunity to read something and take away and say, I can do better, I am better. Um, but definitely um, for anybody who picks up the book and looks at it and reads it, Understand that you have value, you are valuable, and you bring something to the society. You just have to figure out, you know, what it is. I, in the beginning of this conversation with you, Forrest, I mentioned one of the examples that you shared in the book, and that being Jesse Owens. Of course, a lot has happened in this world. Uh, just recently, of course, people were celebrating Serena Williams, someone else you write about in the book. Are you, at this point, are you hopeful? that there would continue to be progress. We talked about Jesse Owens in 1936. Here we are in 2022. Yes, there's still issues, but are you are, are you hopeful and optimistic that things will continue to get better, um, not just for for black people, but in particular as the book alludes to the black athletes? 
I definitely think we're on the right path. Um, you know, with the podcasts that are coming out, um, there were athletes are taking their platform to a, to the next level, and they're using their voice, whether it's podcasts or being engaged in the political climate. Um, I definitely see that we're going in the right direction. Um, you know, there's things that, you know, we definitely could, could do better, but I definitely see the positive side as where we're going and how we're communicating now. When you see um, the NIL and the young college kids now using their platform and they're, they're monetizing off of, off of their name, image, and likeness, again, it's not what we wanted because, you know, that was just a Band-Aid to the issue that the NCAA had going to Congress and wanted to cover up, you know, that they didn't want to pay the athletes, so they instead stuck with the NIL, and they allowed that. Um, but we have so much further to go. But I am optimistic um, when it comes to how we're using our platforms, how we're using our voice, and making change in the narrative of athletics uh, when it comes to how we're viewed. Well, it's a lot for us to be able to think about, but also as far as our role as well, the work that is yet to be done as well. Last thing I want to talk to you about for us is this experience. You know, you've achieved a lot in your life. What has it been like for you to add author to your titles? It's been scary. Um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's anybody who's wrote a book or has done a podcast or has, has done anything where, you open yourself up for criticism and scrutiny, um, and you kind of you put yourself out there. You put your thoughts out there, who you are, and so that in that sense, it's very scary. But overall, I will say the experience has been great. I've been, um, you know, received positively um, throughout the community, um, and the people who have read the book have reached back out. Um, right now, I'm getting ready to send you know, a few books over to uh, Gambia um, to a school. Um, so it's 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 spreading, um, and I just hope that more people, uh, you know, would get it and, and see it and look at the value that they have within themselves. But it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride. I'm enjoying it. I mean, you know, it's 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 a different experience. It's, it's definitely a well, definitely invite our audience to get their copy. I got mine. I've already written my review on Amazon. Again, the book is called Valuable, A Look Into the Black Athlete by Forrest Clay, Clay Suggs. Let me get your name right um, one of the, <laughs> before we wrap up this segment, Forrest. Forrest Clay Suggs <laughs> is our guest. We've been talking to Forrest not only about the journey of being able to share this information, but also I think the broader message for all of us to realize your value, to realize your worth, and to know that you matter. As I mentioned, the book is available through our friends at Amazon.com, so definitely make sure you guys head over there and get it for yourself. Forrest, how can our audience stay connected with you, man? Uh, I can be found on all social media platforms at Forrest Clay Suggs. You can also go on my website, ForrestClaySuggs.com. Um, you can reach out to me there. I'm very personable. You send me a message, uh, I'll respond. I also have a monthly blog that I put up on my website, um, discussing different things with sports and politics. And so, uh, yeah, reach me at com. All right, Forrest. Congratulations to you again, man. Glad we got connected. Shout out to About Face Media and Omega Keys for setting up this chat with us for today. And Forrest, I know we're connected online. Looking forward to staying in touch. All right, thank you. Yes, and shout out to all About Face, about face Media um, and Miss Keys. A wonderful team over there. Helped me out a lot. 
Yes, and thank you. And I look forward to uh, having another discussion later on when the, the next book comes out. Exactly, exactly. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care.